Hey, welcome to Standing in Faith. My name is Kat, and I'm in the studio with Jeff. Here I am. And David. Hi. Ezekiel 34 is, I just love this chapter. The whole thing is great, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. But really, everybody, you guys should read it if you have not, if you're not familiar with it. I'm going to skip around in it just to get the flavor of it. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel, prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, woe to the shepherds of Israel who only take care of themselves. Should not shepherds take care of the flock? Therefore, you shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As surely as I live, declares the sovereign Lord, because my flock lacks a shepherd and so has been plundered and has become food for all the wild animals and because my shepherds did not search for my flock but cared for themselves rather than for my flock. Therefore, O shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. I am against the shepherds and will hold them accountable for my flock. I will remove them from tending the flock so that the shepherds can no longer feed themselves. I will rescue my flock from their mouths and it will no longer be food for them. So we see a picture of injustice. And then here comes the picture of justice. For this is what the sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so will I look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries. I'll bring them into their own land. I myself will tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says to them, because then, because then he goes into a section where he's now he's talking to the sheep and saying like, there's injustice just amongst the sheep. And so there now this is what the sovereign Lord says to the sheep. See, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep because you shove with flank and shoulder, butting all the weak sheep with your horns until you've driven them, driven them away. I will save my flock and they will no longer be plundered. I will judge between one sheep and another. I will place over them one shepherd, my servant David, and that's the Messiah, and he will tend them. He will tend them and be their shepherd. I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David will be a prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. And of course, in John 10, Jesus reveals that he is He's the fulfillment of that prophecy. He is the good shepherd. He's the one who's going to be everything in, in Ezekiel 34. Oh, I can't wait. So today's topic is God is just. I like God is perfect justice. Mm-hmm. Um, justice is is a... I think it's a, a a topic or a character attribute of God that is easily misunderstood. I think so. I think a lot of times people can think of just in terms of a judgment. 
um, because like just, a punishment type yeah, of judgment. Well, or? I think not necessarily punishment, but just just seems like it's part of a legal or a justice system, right? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. there's laws or rules, and if you break the law or rule, um, you would be punished. But if the law or rule was broken against you, you would be seeking a judgment that would be favorable. Mm-hmm. So, it, to me, it, it, I'm just telling you, just off the top of my head, when I think of justice, I think of a legal system. Mm-hmm. And if God is just, that means that his, in this case, in, in a legal sense, his judgments would be, in this case, righteous. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the sad reality is when we look at what we call a justice system, especially in this country, I don't, you know, other countries too, it, it, none of them are perfect. And in this country, we have the scales balanced, you know, the big justice type thing. But in rea- it really, if you look at the word justice, we do not have justice in this country. We have a legal system. Yeah. And I think that's what, and that's what we get bogged down in. So we look at our legal system, and a lot of times we apply our legal system to, quote, the scriptures and our understanding of God and what justice is all about. But, I mean, you, you can take Solomon in his great wisdom when he had to judge over the the woman with the baby and the woman that killed her baby, right? Mm-hmm. And that was perfect justice that came as a result of that. Um, if you don't know the story, I, you could go read it. But it, it's a powerful story of true justice mm-hmm. in that sense. But it comes out of God's wisdom and stuff. And there wasn't a legal system involved in that. Um, and I think that's the true scales of justice means that true wisdom, true grace, mercy is applied yeah you know ultimately yeah because if if jesus is going to shepherd his flock with justice ezekiel 34 lays out all these things binding up the wounded like searching for the lost that's all part of justice i think one of the things that jumped out to me while you were reading that i'm hoping it was actually in there and it didn't just the word didn't pop into my head but there was a woe I think, to the unjust shepherds of Israel. Yes. Right? Like, Mm -hmm. whoa. Right? So I think think man has a tendency to... Well, let let me rephrase that. I'm positive that the enemy has a tendency to want to corrupt. Right? And I think through a man's heart, that corruption can enter into a justice system. Mm -hmm. In this case... Uh, that of a shepherd or a leader of the flock, right? And God is saying, whoa, 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 mm-hmm. hey, whoa. Um, woe to you leaders who are serving yourselves. Yeah, you only care about yourselves, and mm-hmm. you're abusing those you're supposed to be caring for. Yeah. That's the key, mm-hmm. serving yourselves as a, part of, as a part of listening to serving God. Because then they make judgments based on what benefits themselves or their crew or their whatever it may be. And I think that's always so important when we look at justice is what what is justice in the eyes of God? You know, it always comes out in a in a in a beautiful context as opposed to condemnation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, another another word for justice in the scriptures is righteousness. Um, so, you know, and God is both just, God righteous. I mean, and he, he demands all of that of us, really, to walk in that. And, of course, we know we can't. Mm-hmm. without the sovereign help of God through the Holy Spirit to exactly. walk in, in righteousness um, before him. But, but I think it, it you know, it, it comes down to that in everything in life. Um, is following what God wants. And when God speaks to us to move with that, what we impressed on. But if we get mixed up in that, like, oh, but I, I really don't want to do that, you know, then you get, then you don't get justice or righteousness. In essence, you get a mixture of what you think God wants along with what you think it mm. should be. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what's got to die in us many times is what I think is the right thing to do. What does God think is the right thing to do? It's the same as the woman caught in adultery, right? Mm-hmm. The right thing would have been to stone her. That was the law, the rule. Mm-hmm. But what did Jesus do? You know, let him without sin cast first stone. And I think it always comes down. God, what is it you? What is it you want? Well, let's stay with that idea because that yeah. story is a powerful story of who God really is. Mm-hmm. Right. So, where is it? Colossians, where it says Jesus was the perfect image of God. Yeah, I believe so. Um, I think it's Colossians chapter 1. But if if Jesus was the image of God, and God is just and perfect justice, Mm -hmm. right? That story is the exact image of God. And what did Jesus do? He said, let let the the one without sin cast the first stone. Mm -hmm. Well, everybody drops the sin and leaves, except Jesus, who is without sin. Right, and what does what was Jesus's response to the lady? Come on, get up, go out, and stop sinning. So he could have been the one to throw the stone. Sure. Mm-hmm. And actually, I've read an article someplace where somebody is contorting the Bible and saying that Jesus stoned her to death and killed her. I'm like, what? That is not what Scripture says. It's not in there. <laughs> There's another, whoa, whoa, don't change whoa. Scripture. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? But, <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is Jesus is the exact image of God, mm-hmm. and his perfect justice just said to her, don't sin anymore. Mm-hmm. Go on. Mm-hmm. Right? So that is the, the image of God that we, that we all have to have, yeah. When we start talking about God as just. But unfortunately, and I'll raise my hand and say years ago, I used to see God as a big guy with a big white beard and a checklist that every time I made a mistake, he'd shake his head and go, oh, Jeffrey, and write something down on his checklist. Right? What Those two stories that I just shared, right, the, the lady mm-hmm. who, was commit, who got caught in adultery and 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 right so god god's justice for her was don't sin anymore go forth mm-hmm. right not getting out his checklist and writing oh shame on you i'm going to check you i'm going to write that down and 
I'm going to keep a record of that, and you're going to be held account to that. Mm-hmm. Right? That that's not who God is, and I I know I had that image of him, big, powerful, disappointed in me, keeping notes on every one of my failures. Jesus didn't pull out a checklist and say, "Oh, good golly." Woman, here, let me write this down. <laughs> you blew it again. This is going to go down on your permanent record. Exactly. That's not who God is. And if Jesus is the... Ex- Look, it comes down, and I, I don't want to go on a rant with this, but I feel like I'm about to. If Jesus is the exact image of God, then what we just saw was God the Father, and what we just saw was mercy. Mm-hmm. Right. That's what we witnessed in that story mm-hmm. from Jesus himself as the good shepherd, right? And I and I love John 10, right? Because it, it talks about the good shepherd being willing to lay down his life yeah. for mm-hmm. his sheep, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Not not benefit himself, as we heard in Ezekiel with the with the naughty shepherds, yeah, right. But yeah. the good shepherd would lay down his life for his sheep, which is exactly what he did. Mm-hmm. The thing I love about John 10 is. If you read Ezekiel 34, there's so many promises in there that that seem very, you know, there's a lot of like Israel-centric promises. And, um, you know, so if you're a Gentile, I know, David, you're like part Jewish, so you're okay, I guess. You're, you're going to be in on those promises. Yes. You know, but as a Gentile, sometimes it's like, well, what about me? You know, like, but all over scripture, it's always talking about the Gentiles, the nations, the whole earth, the islands are going to like put their hope in his law. Like, you know, every, that it, it's this expectant planet waiting for him, not just like one people group. It's this whole planet. And um, in John 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. So I love that because if you go back to Ezekiel 34, you're like, we're in the flock. Like, I'm in. I'm in. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So let's, let's get back to this. This idea of the, the legal system. Mm-hmm. Um, I do actually think that there is there's some there is a legal system that God has set in place, right? That's the whole mm-hmm. Old Testament, right? The the Ten Commandments and all the hundreds of other that that were added and and even right, before all the rules and even before there was sin, there was. Even sin before the written law, there was sin because, you know, there were judgments made or there was, you know, God was telling, like, Cain, like, don't sin, you know? So I, I think there's, there's, a, there's an idea that God is sitting up in heaven executing judgments. And at least for me... I, in my head, I'm like, well, then why, why Jesus? Period, right? It, that, that idea of God sitting up in heaven executing judgments, okay, yeah, I kind of get it, mm-hmm. right? 
But at the same time, Jesus came to essentially redeem us, to to buy us back, to cover us, mm-hmm. and and at least the I it, for me the idea of the New Testament is that 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 then becomes our righteousness, right, or mm-hmm. our right standing against the law. Mm-hmm. So I guess I I wanna I don't want to dispel the fact that. God does have judgments, that, mm-hmm. and we know that they're coming, especially from the book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. But for me, against a believer, I don't, I don't see that. I, I, I have trouble connecting that because if, if Jesus died and he was the perfect sacrifice for me, mm-hmm. okay, then I receive his righteousness, right? That puts me in right standing with God. Yes, so then, therefore, what judgment is left? Well, if you've entered into a covenant of peace, then there would be no judgment, you know, left for a believer. I see your brain is working about this. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, of course, the exchange that, we receive we receive Jesus's righteousness before God and God looks at us that's what he sees uh-huh you know we don't we sit there and look at all the junk in our lives and think oh I need to be punished and I, I look back on what you said about um, you know the big white beard and the checklist and I think of a two by four mm. you know because every time I mess up, uh, whack, I'm going to get hit upside the head because, you know, these dumb, anyway, you, you big dummy, boom, you know, you just messed up again. You just, pow, you just messed up. And cringing and, you know, all these kinds of different things that this was for a long time my, my thoughts about God. Sad, and yeah. I know it's because of the way I was raised, but anyway, uh, no need to go into all that. The thing is, when I came to the place of recognizing, no, no, this is not God. That's a, that's a lie about God. That is not mm-hmm. God, and that is not God's justice and mm-hmm. and all. You know, I when Jesus walked into my life, never to leave, became one spirit with my spirit. Then I became gold. In the eyes of God. And, you know, that was beauty. Do I mess up? Do I? Yeah. But he, he, it's like a little child who, who's learning to walk. When it falls down, you don't pick it up and slap it and say, you big dummy. You, you say, oh, come on. You took two steps. Let's go. You know, he falls on his face and, and pick him up and, 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 you know, help him along mm-hmm. again. And I believe that that's what God does because even discipline in the, in the, in the New Testament, when we get to Hebrews, where he talks about God loves us, who he disciplines us, mm-hmm. that word is disciple. It means he teaches us, he, he encourages us, he shows us. Um, does he put restrictions and different things in our past so we bump up against them that we don't go off into some weird? Everything that God does for us as his children is good. Yeah. 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 
I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we tend to judge ourselves. Yeah. Where God is not, we are. Yeah. It's almost like we need to... God wants to grace us, and we want to judge ourselves. That's, at least for me, right? So I, I'll, I don't know, I'll, I'll be out, something will happen, and I'll be like, I'll have a bad response to it, and then I'll be like, oh, man, I blew it again, I did this, I cost, I, whatever, right? And I'm like, ah, right? And that, that, that's me putting that on me. Right. I think to your point, David, right, God's grace then floods in and says, come on, let's pick you back up. Or to the the woman that was caught in adultery. Come on, let's stand you back up and don't do that again. Yeah. Right. Let's not do that again. That was a bad idea. And I, I assure you, I doubt seriously that woman. I matter she became a very strong follower of Jesus after that. You know, mm-hmm. sure. But I mean, we don't know for sure. It's not said, but um it makes sense, though. It does. I mean, grace does that. Yeah. Grace grace, actually reinstates that positioning once again, right? Oh, wow. Okay. Right? You didn't stone me. You well, are good. And, and it's a good point because if you think about the idea that I need to be stoned, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people like to go to churches where they're preaching hard, hard stuff because they go, they get their beat up for the week. You know, they get their big spanking and then they go away feeling fine. Yep. And yet the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. They don't need to come get a spanking. They need to come and sit in the goodness of God so that they repent. So there's a change in their mind that says, I don't want to go and sin anymore. I don't want to do this. That's God's goodness, you know. And I know we're going to talk about that next, but it's, it's, it, 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 I think ultimately God's type of justice leads us to the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. I, I got a funny little story. It's kind of changing the subject. Did you have anything? Well, I was just going to say in Titus 2, 11 through 14, It says, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It, with the grace of God, it teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. It teaches us to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, our great good shepherd, Jesus Messiah, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. So it's the grace of God that teaches us, and it's Jesus who is purifying us. We don't have to, like, purify ourselves. I mean, in a, you know, we, we yield to his purification. You know, we yield, we believe, you know, we have our faith. But, but he's, you know, he's, he's the one who's sprinkling us with clean water he's the one who's cleansing us from our impurities he's the one who's you know giving us a new heart isn't that the gospel yes i i want to get i just want to use the religious term just to get people to understand but the gospel throw that word away that's good news it is good news that's really good news Mm -hmm. you mean hold on here right in my hot mess 
He's going to love me through that and mm-hmm. and show me those things. And that's good news. Yeah. That's good news to somebody who needs good news. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's to me, that's what the attraction to God is, is it's good news. Mm-hmm. It's not judgments and floggings and whippings and condemnation and shame and guilt. And here, let me smack you around some Right? Or stone you or hit you with the two by four or get my checklist out and be disappointed. That's not good news. Right? But it's that good news that draws us in. Yeah. It's his goodness. Yeah. All right. Let, let me tell my story because this was, oh, this was some years ago. Um, my wife and I were, were working with um, uh, a person who had a son that was being abused. And boy, did that fire me up! I got really fired up about it, and I, and I'm like, all right, that that's that's unjust. I, I was, I I don't know whether I, I'm guessing, as, as I reflect back on this story, that was probably me, in inside of me, Jeff. Right, that was my my soul that was fired up. Um, so I decided in prayer that I was gonna approach the throne and I was going to ask Father God for for justice like, for this little boy. Like you were going to give him advice on what uh, to like do for justice for this little boy. And um I was I was dead set on this. I was determined. I was doing it and I literally I mean I was passionate and I mean I felt horrible for that little boy. That's got to stop. We need justice. Right? And I I in prayer I'm I'm like getting my my soul's all worked up, and I'm, like, stomping in there. I, I'm going to go wag my finger and say, we need justice, right? I was going to demand it. And um, I kind of got myself before God, and, and just literally, just before I was actually going to say anything, I all of a sudden just had this, this impression that flooded over me. It's not justice that's needed. It's mercy. I don't want to ask for justice. I don't want justice myself. Why would I ever want to pray for justice? No, 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 no. I need to pray for mercy on the little boy, on the situation, on the people that were involved. Mercy. Because that's going to bring the goodness that leads Mm -hmm. to repentance. Mm -hmm. That's going to be the good news, Mm -hmm. right? Nobody wants bad news. The last thing that anybody wants is to get a letter in the mail that says you're being subpoenaed and you need to come to court and you need to give testimony and you're going to go to jail. Yeah. That's bad news. Yeah. Well, you look at Jesus on the cross. Did he look up, Father, I want justice? No. He said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Forgive them. Uh, That was... That was God, as you mentioned, you know, he was the invisible God, Jesus incarnate. It's God incarnate. Yeah. He came in the flesh. So that's what God is saying. He's looking at all of our, looking at our injustices towards him, and he's saying, forgive them. I mean, this is God's heart. The other thing I think that we forget is when the tabernacle was built, and they built the Ark of the Testimony with the, the cherubim looking down over the mercy seat. Mm-hmm. 
That's where the high priest came to apply the blood, was at the mercy seat, not the seat of judgment. Mm -hmm. So when we, as God's children, approach God's throne, we approach a throne of mercy, not of judgment. That's why it, it, when that came to me, it all of a sudden, no, he's not holding a two-by-four. He's holding out his arms to me because I'm coming to him, you know? And, and that's all he, he, he's going to give me is mercy ultimately, and that's going to change my heart. So for anybody who's sitting here listening to us talking about justice but relating it to mercy, I think that that's what perfect justice does. It makes a way to restore back into good relationship that which God wants, his people, in relationship to him. Mm -hmm. That's what I think perfect justice is. In Isaiah 61, 8, it says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and iniquity. In my faithfulness, I will reward them and make an everlasting covenant with them. Let's bless the listeners. I bless the listeners with a, with a Holy Spirit-driven understanding of what justice and God's justice means. It means good news. It means restoration. And I bless them with the good news and the restoration through Jesus. In Jesus' name, I bless the listeners with just chains that would fall off of their wrong understanding. Just be set free from the lies that have been imparted to them over the years about the very nature and attributes of God. And a revelation of a God that is mercifully and lovingly looking at them and wanting them to run into his arms. And in Jesus' name, I bless the listeners with hearts that are humbled in front of you, God, who is safe to be humble in front of. Amen. Amen. Amen.